MSW Media. News was swearing. Daily beans, daily beans, daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, January 7th, 2020. Today, John Bolton agrees to testify in the Senate. Tensions ratchet up in the Middle East as Trump threatens cultural sites. Trump helped Soleimani avoid sanctions. We have an update on Venezuela. We could see more Manafort documents. And as Weinstein's trial begins, he's slapped with new rape charges. And Iran backs out of the nuclear deal. I'm your host, AG, and with me today is Amanda Reeder. Hello. What a day. What a day. It's uh, only Tuesday. Well, it's Monday, but it's Tuesday for you all. Yeah. So first day back mm-hmm. from the break. Yeah. Uh, and it's already batshit. It, it's, it is batshit. <laughs> I went back to the gym um, again. And boy, are my arms tired. That's all I have to say. <laughs> but uh, it's, a, it's a back in full swing and not just in our personal lives. The news was lit today. Yes. Also, my hands are really stiff from all the sugar I've been eating. <laughs> Like, <laughs> all the holiday the sugar. The most old lady thing I've ever said in my whole <laughs> life. But my entire body is stiff from the sheer amount of holiday cookies I ate. But I don't regret a single thing. Well, the cookies were delicious. They were. I had some. So hats off to the chef. Um, uh, we do have a couple corrections from yesterday. Apparently only a fifth of Canadians are francophones. Claim French is their mother tongue. Oh, okay. And, and then when we spoke about the movie Bombshell... Uh, I want everyone to know, I do not support anyone being harassed or sexually harassed, regardless of their politics Mm -hmm. or anything. I was only like, "Eh, I don't want to see it because I have an issue with viewing Fox News anchors as feminist heroes. That's it. I wasn't Mm -hmm. trying to say, like, they deserve to get harassed. No, absolutely. 100% not. No one deserves that. Doesn't matter uh, who you are, what you believe, what your thoughts are. If you're a Nazi, you shouldn't be sexually harassed. Um, agree with that statement. Yes. <laughs> a, simple statement. Right. But I just, mm-hmm. I wanted to clarify that because I, I did get like a note, like one note mm-hmm. where they were like, Hey, I just want to make sure. And I was like, Nope, you're right. That, that if I wasn't clear, I wanted mm-hmm. to make it clear. So there is me clarifying it. Um, and with that out of the way, <laughs> <laughs> we might have some news to to get to. Uh, Just a little. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. So yes, the news is out of control, especially as tensions are mounting in the Middle East. Since we recorded yesterday, 8 million things have happened. Uh, first of all, Trump has threatened to destroy Iranian cultural sites, which is a violation of a 1954 international agreement that makes it a war crime to deliberately attack a cultural site. And then domestically, Congress also made it a domestic crime to violate that international law. Uh, despite that, uh, Trump is doubling down now on his tweet uh, where he threatened those sites, despite many Republicans taking issue with that. Uh, and no one, not even Kellyanne or Pompeo, is willing to support the targeting of cultural sites. There, to see him sort of weasel out of this on, on the talk shows is kind of scary, you know, them, them saying, no, he was just saying that... Uh, he's, he didn't say he was going to attack culture sites. What he was saying is that if they can do this, we should be able to do that. Like, hypothetically speaking, he was just bringing up the point that it's just not fair. And then, of course, Pompeo, uh, you know, would also not uh, he wouldn't cross that line either. He would say that whatever Trump does will be in compliance with international and domestic laws. It's it's hard too to see um, people like Mike Pompeo and um, uh, Mark Esper and um, people coming out and trying to defend him for this when when you look at the videos of what's happening in Iran right now the giant crowds of people flooding into the streets for these funerals and these protests and you think Trump is putting us in danger minute by minute. He he unraveled quite a bit in just a second. Yeah. Like just a second. Just a split second. Absolutely. Much like he did when he withdrew troops from Syria mm-hmm. and abandoned our Kurdish allies. All yeah. of that diplomacy, all of that time mm. spent to, to stabilize the region, just gone in an instant. Um, and, and this is true in this case, too, because Iran was sort of uh, back on their heels. The government was because there were protests uh, up until last week, mm-hmm. uh, of, of Iranians, the people protesting their own government, the corruption in their own government. Mm-hmm. And now, bam, they're all unified again. Yeah, it's a unifier. Yeah. This sort of thing. And, uh, uh, you know, not that anything was taken into consideration, but certainly that wasn't. No, um, absolutely not. 
And so now in response to Trump's assassination of uh, Soleimani and his refusal to brief or include Congress on his plans or, or the attack, Nancy Pelosi has introduced legislation and says the House will vote on a war powers resolution that would limit the president's military actions regarding Iran. Uh, Congress holds the sole power of declaring war. They have the war powers under Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution. Um, I, though I've had some Trump uh, uh, supporters arguing with me on social media that Trump holds sole powers of, of war. That is not the case. Yeah. he Does he have any veto abilities in, in that arena? There's a couple of things that are happening in the background legally mm-hmm. that that could give him the ability to strike. But to declare war and start war, no. That is mm-hmm. solely Congress. Um, And Pelosi writes, quote, last week, the Trump administration conducted a provocative and disproportionate military airstrike targeting high level Iranian military officials. This action endangered our service members, diplomats and others by risking a serious escalation of tensions with Iran. We are concerned that the administration took this action without the consultation of Congress and without respect for Congress's war powers granted to it by the Constitution. So this legislation would basically force Republicans to vote on the matter, requiring them to put their names down in favor of the president's ability to circumvent the legislative branch when conducting foreign military action. Trump then tweeted that he would be informing Congress via tweet about future military action. Uh, and when asked about a plan, Trump replied he doesn't need any exit strategies. He says, I don't need any exit strategies. So that's interesting. So prior to this strategy, Iran had been, like I said, protesting its own government and corruption. Uh, But now they've come together. They've unified. And it it has erased any and all diplomatic progress that has been made in the region. We also found out that the Pentagon only offered the option of assassinating uh, Soleimani as a third sort of insane option, uh, figuring Trump would opt for a more diplomatic and reasonable course. But, of course, Trump opted for that. I'm not sure why the Pentagon even offered it as an option. If they didn't want him to take it, they should stop doing that. Yeah, I would be curious to know how that was presented and who presented it and why it was on the table, considering two former presidents had decided that this person was better off alive. Why it was even an option. But, yeah. but this has happened before. What what will happen is when you're presenting something to Trump, they'll throw in some crazy option right. to steer him toward the more reasonable stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, here he picked the crazy one. But for psychology, doesn't work so well. <laughs> no. And then aside from all that, we, of course, know from previous reporting uh, on our sister podcast, Mueller, she wrote that Trump Tower in Azerbaijan was a corrupt operation engineered by oligarchs tied to Iran's Revolutionary Guard. And Trump, more specifically Ivanka, worked with the Azerbaijani entities, which helped Soleimani avoid U.S. sanctions, which Trump organ- the Trump organization admitted they knew uh, knew about and that they knew money was being laundered uh, for Soleimani in 2015 through that hotel and kept working with them anyways until after the election in 2016. So he's actually sheltered Soleimani in the past from from having to face sanctions so he could get a tower built in Azerbaijan. Wow. <laughs> I Okay. The other thing about this is... <laughs> I, I, I wish you could see I, Amanda. I know. My brain is just exploding. Tiny explosions happening. Um, I The thing that's also... I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around. Not that I not that I believe him anyway, because he gaslights us so much and lies to us so much, but I try to dig for a kernel of reason and truth, to my detriment probably, mm. in figuring out why this happened. And there, it's really inconsistent in terms of why it needed to happen now and the way it did. There's been nothing concrete offered as to why it happened right now and the way that it did. Yeah. Have you said anything to that effect? I have. Um, first of all, Washington Post, uh, the killing of Soleimani follows a long push from Pompeo for aggressive action against Iran. Officials have said that Pompeo and Pence spoke to Trump several times every day last week, eventually leading Trump to order the assassination. Uh, apparently, Pompeo had similar talks with Trump last summer when Trump declined to retaliate against Iran after it downed that U.S. drone it shot over, shot out of the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and that left Pompeo, like, <laughs> sad-faced. Sad face. But <laughs> but with recent changes to, to Trump's national security team and the vulnerability of Trump because of impeachment, Pompeo saw an opening to press for the action. This is according to The Washington Post. When pressed about Iran's threat to U.S. targets and troops, Pompeo called that white noise and brushed it off as unimportant, meaning the killing of U.S. troops is just it's going to happen. You got to break a few eggs. White noise, white noise. Uh, and as we know, the justification for the strike which is what you're talking about, yeah. was that there was an imminent terrorist threat, uh, specifically from Soleimani, uh, on U.S. troops and targets. But we have learned since then, since yesterday, that the chief of the Department of Homeland Security has said there is and was no specific credible threat from Iran. 
Um, though this morning, the Pentagon chief of staff to Mark Esper, Eric Tuning, has said he's going to step down at the end of the month. Tuning was featured in the recently released trove of unredacted emails that show Pentagon officials' concerns with the legality of the White House move this summer to hold up military aid, White House being Trump, and the legality meaning it's against the Impoundment Control Act. So his name was all over those documents, so I don't know if his resignation has to do with that, with this, or both, but yeah. he's gone. This is the he's fifth fifth top Pentagon official to resign in the last seven days. Um, almost 10, I think, in the last month or two. Uh, and now Iran has announced they're shifting on the landmark nuclear deal, saying they will have no limitations on enriching uranium after Iraqi's, Iraq's parliament voted to expel American troops. Um, Iran says it will no longer be abiding by the commitment it made under the 2015 nuclear deal, saying, quote, the Islamic Republic of Iran will end its final limitations in the nuclear deal, meaning the limitation of the number of centrifuges. So they're going to start enriching uranium again. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be playing nicely with America right now either. Yeah. And you back know? in February, I think, um, the Ayatollah Khomeini had said, we aren't mad at the American people. We're mad at Trump. Mm -hmm. That article seems to be going around again. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard anything more recent um, yeah. to that effect. Um, so be careful when you when you see that. Make sure you check the date on that article. I'm very guilty of not checking dates on articles. I do it all the time. I'll be like, "Oh my God, look, Manafort lied," and they're like, "Yeah, AG, that's from 2017." Yeah, like, oh, okay. I totally do the same thing. Well, that's because you see a headline that speaks <laughs> to you, and you think, "Oh, thank God, yes." Yeah, this is so important. Yeah, and, and you're it's like, "Oh, so fresh. did that happen already?" Okay. So we, we, I haven't heard anything. If you have, hit us up at Daily Beans Pod on Twitter or at Molishi on Twitter. If you've heard anything from the Ayatollah or from the Iraqi or Irani prime minister yeah. saying that they are mad at Trump, not the American people. But they mm -hmm. have said that they're going to go after U.S. troops and assets in the region yeah. and in other in other areas. That's they're going to be their retaliation. All right. Well, we have a lot more to get to. So we'll be right back with more headlines after this. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG. I want to tell you about this great new bra I found. Actually, I have four now. I'm obsessed. I'm crazy about them. From a woman-owned company called Third Love. Uh, half of all women fall in between cup sizes, including myself, so it was almost impossible to find a bra off the rack that fit perfectly until I found Third Love. They have 80 different sizes, industry leader, including their signature half cup sizes. And with Third Love, I was able to find my perfect fit in about a minute by taking their easy online fit finder quiz. Third Love makes bras for your perfect fit using the measurements of millions of women, metadata, and that have already taken the quiz to design bras with all-day comfort, all-day support. Um, they're so comfortable. Third Love takes into account cup size and breast shape to find the ideal bra for you, and they have fit stylists available every day to help via chat, text, or phone. It is absolutely the most comfortable bra I've ever worn. The straps do not dig. There's no itchy tag. I have no cup gap. That was always a problem for me because I fall in between cup sizes. Their bras are lightweight. They have super thin memory foam cups that mold to your shape that are proprietary to Third Love. And best of all, Third Love's perfect fit promise. You have 60 days to try it, and if it's not the perfect fit, you can return it, and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a person in need. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash dailybeans and find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash dailybeans for 15% off today. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. So, more news. This is interesting. Yesterday, when Iraq voted to expel U.S. troops in Parliament, the Iraqi prime minister gave a speech saying, quote, I express my condolences to everyone for the loss of martyr, uh, martyrs as a result of this sinful aggression. Um, Abu Mahdi al-Mohandas played a major role in controlling the PMU forces and put them under control of the state. He also said the U.S. told them that some of the attacks against PMU headquarters in recent months were conducted by Israel. Trump just told him that. Uh, and the government refused to give any cover for the protests around the Baghdadi embassy. And the prime minister threatened to leave his position if they didn't retreat. So they did retreat. So he didn't leave his position. And then he said he received a phone call from Trump when the embassy protests ended, thanking the Iraqi uh, government efforts and asked Iraq to play a mediator role between the U.S. and Iran. But at the same time, he says, the American helicopters and drones were flying without approval. Uh, over Iraq, and they refused the request of adding soldiers to the U.S. embassy and U.S. bases. The prime minister then said he was supposed to meet Soleimani in the morning on the day he was killed, uh, and that he came to deliver a message from Iran, responding to the message Iraq delivered from Saudi to Iran. So this raises the question as to whether this was a setup, that Trump asked the Iraqi prime minister to mediate 
diplomacy between the Saudis and Iran, then targeted Soleimani, the messenger, on his way to deliver that message. Um, keep in mind, I have no other source besides the Iraqi prime minister's account on this, mm-hmm. but I think it's worth investigating because if Trump lured Soleimani to his death under a flag of truce, I think that's something worth knowing. I, I guess it's not illegal. It's just slimy. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I a lot of people might say, pretty tricky, you know, pretty sneaky, sis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and they were like, what a great way to get him. But I don't know if that's wholly legal or something that you would do. Uh, and it's not like his whereabouts. He's, he wasn't like trying to find bin Laden. It wasn't like trying to, you know, this is or Baghdadi. This is different. Mm-hmm. Um we, the, we've always known where this guy was. He's not hes not a hard guy to find, apparently. No, like you said, hes his location has been known for a long time. Yeah, and everyone left him alone because he was he was more dangerous as a martyr than he was as a, as a living It's tough dude. because Trump has not only eroded like domestic political norms, but he's eroded international political norms in terms of how we operate, you know, in conflict abroad. And um, I, I can imagine this is not something a previous administration would have done. But if he was like with the Saudis yeah. saying, hey, Saudi and Iran, I need you to deliver mm-hmm. this message from the Saudis to Iran. Soleimani, mm-hmm. you do it mm-hmm. and then got him. Yeah. And then interestingly, um, MBZ, Mbiza, mm-hmm. is coming to visit the United States. Is that coming up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and of course, we know Trump spoke to Putin mm-hmm. just, I think, 24 hours before this happened. Yeah, interesting. Timing. So these don't things don't happen in a vacuum. And no. of course, Pompeo is pushing it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what I think Nancy Pelosi is looking for when she's saying we need transparency as to how this came about, what the motives were for it. Was there an imminent threat? Because Department of Homeland Security is saying there's not. Exactly. And, and, and what is this? What caused this? And I am, this guy is so transactional and so unreliable that mm-hmm. I, I, I'm feeling 100% it was for his own personal benefit. There's no transparency in what the imminent threat was. No. Yeah, that's the frustrating part. Although Trump has said, oh, I might release that. I might declassify that. Mm, Yeah. okay. That's your favorite thing is declassifying, as we all know. Yeah. Just like you declassified (laughs) the second call or just like we heard about the other call with Putin. Yeah. No. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren was um, I don't know. She was they played an interview from her on the campaign trail I heard earlier today. And she was saying the same thing, essentially, like at first it wasn't there's an imminent threat and then there was a possible threat and it was happening like going to be happening now but actually another account said that it wasn't happening now and like there's no consistency on the messaging about what the fucking threat actually was and it's and like i said earlier in the episode it's so frustrating um but i'll be curious what comes out in terms of the motivation behind this i think that your beans will lead us in an interesting direction it should be interesting Mm -hmm. uh and now of course we have this letter this draft letter that was circulating that somebody came out and said oh my god look we are withdrawing our troops from iraq not iran uh this is after iraq obviously their parliament voted to expel our troops from their country and there was a letter going around from the united states saying all right we're gonna move we're gonna move them out and it wasn't signed or anything. And then it came out, uh, I think, Millie, General Millie, was like, uh, that's, an, uh, that's a mistake. That's a draft, and it's a mistake. And we don't know if it was, if the if the letter was, what was in the letter was, was a like mistake. Leaked? Yeah. A- and we don't know if what was in the letter was a mistake, or if it was a mistake that it got out, or if hmm. the, the position that they were going to move troops out of Iraq was a mistake. Uh, we don't know. But that that got out. And it was floating around. What for, was the for, content of the for letter? the media? It was basically, we're, you know, we're, we're going to remove our troops from Iraq. Mm-hmm. And then they then they said, no, 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 we're not. We're gonna we're gonna relocate some within the country because you know Trump's like, we're not backing down. You can't make us leave on on your terms. We leave on our own terms. Uh, you can't you can't fire me. I quit. Um, <laughs> but you know, then this letter gets out unsigned mm-hmm. from the pentagon and 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 this is the level of incompetence in this administration that these things are just out there floating around and people are getting a hold of them and publishing them on the uh, interwebs just frightening if they can't handle that like i don't even understand how they can handle what's about to come yeah absolutely you know what else too i and you can speak to the experience of veterans obviously such so much more than i can but um I was listening to some veterans uh, uh, on a radio show on the way over today, and he was saying that, you know, he lost so many friends in Iraq and Afghanistan, 
and he has seen nothing but war in his adult life, endless war. And this is more, you know, she used Tulsi Gabbard's language regime change war. And it's we're just going to spend trillions more dollars, lose so many more lives, and no one ever asks the cost of war, but we ask how we're going to pay for health care. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right? Yeah, course. it's just, it's, it's, it's very, I think and even that, even more pointed is they don't ask about the cost of health care even for veterans. No. That come out of that war. Yes. So that's also interesting. No yeah. one's like, how are we going to pay for this? Is You're going to have to, you know, add to the VA budget now. Yeah. Nobody asks about health care, even about the veterans who are involved in it. No, it, and it's actually so enraging for me and to to see the way that veterans are not listened to at all when it comes to this sort of thing. We're only listening to the opinions of extremely wealthy people whose children will never be affected by this. Yeah. In 150 <laughs> years, not one single member of the Trump family has served in the military. Patriotic. Mm, definitely. <laughs> um, and uh, moving on from the Middle East, we have some Manafort news. The gift that keeps on giving. He's the herpes of the Mueller investigation. Uh, according to federal prosecutors, <laughs> they are ready to make public more details about Manafort's lies to Mueller's team during the Russia probe. From Caitlin Polins at CNN, uh, the prosecutors told a federal judge on Sunday, what are you doing in court on Sunday? That they, uh, they're nearly ready to unseed, uh, it might, must have been a filing, but they're nearly ready to unseal details from previously secret court proceedings about how the former Trump campaign chairman blew up his cooperation agreement by lying uh, to the government, including efforts to sway Trump's approach to Ukraine. Uh, that right there tells me that the Mueller probe is the Ukraine probe. Um, we knew that Manafort led the charge to soften the lethal language regarding Ukraine during the RNC. Uh, under the guise of a Ukraine peace plan. And unsealing these details could fill some gaps about Manafort's connections to the White House and what Russia and Ukraine wanted from Trump after he took office. Uh, we know from the Mueller report already that Manafort lied about discussions with Kalimnik about the peace plan, quote-unquote, that would that basically provide a backdoor way for Russia to control part of Ukraine. Uh, I don't know if Dems in the House will go to the lengths necessary to connect these two scandals into one through Manafort, but Manafort is the key. He's a linchpin. And we're about to learn just how connected Trump's treatment of Ukraine is to what Russia wanted as executed by Manafort. It's pretty crazy. So so as this becomes clear, they can produce new articles. of It doesn't matter, obviously, who gives a shit, but like they could. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 It, it Schiff has said that we could there could be a third article of impeachment. Impeachment to Electric Boogaloo, which is the name <laughs> of the episode yesterday. Uh, yeah. Who And, and mm -hmm. you know, we have all sorts of things coming out today uh, with Bolton. We're going to get into that later about that's changing the I face. Know. Of I just said yesterday, like, what the hell's going on with Bolton? And today it was like, <laughs> Happy New Year. Yeah. <laughs> and um, this weekend I talked about Eric Prince and Giuliani and their ties to Venezuela and how Eric Prince had been referred to the Treasury Department for violating sanctions by trying to do business with Maduro in Venezuela, not to mention Giuliani doing the same thing in Venezuela that he did in Ukraine, which is try to open up business opportunities in their oil industry, oil and gas industry. Uh, I had asked about the status of a loan against the Venezuelan company Sitgo, um, because we knew that unless Steve Mnuchin and the U.S. Treasury intervened, Sitgo would be handed over to Russia uh, as a defaulted loan payment. Uh, well, a listener found an article from October. Turns out Steve did intervene um, to stop that from happening, but only as a stopgap measure. He put the he put the default on hold for 90 days and prevented Sitgo from being handed over to Russia. Just 90 days, though. That hold is set to expire in the next month. So we will see what happens with that. We're going to stay on top of that story for you. Thanks to that listener for sending me that update. Mm. Um, but yeah, we will be right back with the big news about Bolton and what it could mean for the impeachment of Donald Trump. So stick around. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this portion of The Daily Beans is brought to you by Root Insurance. Uh, I'm a good driver. I use my turn signals. I know where they are. Uh, I check my blind spot. I rarely have a road rage meltdown. Um, rarely. But what does get me mad is overpaying for car insurance, and I'm done with that because I have found the ideal inexpensive insurance company for me. It's called Root Insurance, and instead of basing your car insurance rates on credit scores or age or gender or zip code, they base your rates primarily on how you drive. By taking bad drivers out of the equation, Root has saved its good drivers up to 52% in 2019. 
Uh, there's a reason why Root has been featured in Forbes, TechCrunch, Wired, The Washington Post, and Fortune magazine. And in 2019, Root was the fastest growing direct insurance company in the United States. They're the world's first mobile-first car insurance company. Their insurance card is available right on your phone, and if you get into an accident, you can file a claim directly in the app. It's super easy. It's car insurance made easy, with rates based on how you drive, primarily not who you are. And all you have to do is download the Root insurance app, drive normally for a few weeks during the Root test drive, and see how much you can save. So don't wait and give Root a try. Head to your app store and download the Root insurance app. Sign up in less than a minute to start your test drive today. That's Root R. O-O-T. Again, download the Root app today or visit joinroot.com to learn more and see how much you could save. Root reserves the right to refuse to quote any individual premium rate for the individual advertised herein. Savings based on national reviews reported by actual customers. Form number one, not available in all states. This product is not available in California. Okay, welcome back. Half man, half mustache has said he will testify if he is subpoenaed by the Senate. That's a lot of caveats. Um, not the House. Uh, only if he's subpoenaed. Nothing is stopping this man, by the way, from just going into the house and testifying. Nothing. Um, except maybe his book deal. Uh, you might might want to hold back on that. That's a lot of conditions. And it also like absolves him of responsibility knowing that they're not going to subpoena him at all. A hundred percent. And Marco yeah. Rubio said he would already wouldn't vote for it, mm-hmm. saying that I only want to discuss what's in the articles that are being handed over. So, you know, that gives Pelosi the open door to say, all right, we'll do another article mm-hmm. <laughs> and include the the Bolton testimony in it. Um, but it is the same crime. It is the same issue. Bolton is just a, a, a testimony that that Trump refused to allow uh, and he refused to do it. So I don't think he can be trusted. Um, and then, of course, what about Mulvaney and Robert Blair mm-hmm. and Duffy? Um, and if the House, let's say the House does subpoena him, because a lot of people are like, well, what's stopping the House from subpoenaing him? If he says he would uh, go for a Senate subpoena, what's stopping the House from subpoenaing him? Right. Good point. But if the House subpoenas him, he would probably file with the court. The court would eventually decide, yeah, hey, if you said you'd testify to the Senate, you got to testify to the House. Mm-hmm. But that could take months yeah. to get through the courts. And we just like did our level best to dismiss the Kupperman suit from the House. Kupperman is, is Bolton's number two. Mm-hmm. Because Kupperman asked, you know, because the, 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 the Congress subpoenaed him, House House Intel subpoenaed him, and then Trump said, no, you can't. So he went to the third branch of the government to get a, a tiebreaker. And the, the House Dems wanted to dismiss that because one of the Republican excuses for not having these witnesses come and testify is that it's being litigated in the courts. So I'm afraid if the House subpoenaed Bolton, then he would file in the courts and then they would be, have that excuse back yep it's being litigated in the courts i can't do it until the courts decide it's really frustrating because um i i don't understand why he's not voluntarily testifying to the house because he's an asshole (laughs) (laughs) that's an obvious answer but i i I actually didn't know the specific detail before you just told me that he said he needed to be subpoenaed by the senate i thought that he was willingly testifying to the senate as in like hey ask me no i'll testify in the senate trial if they subpoena me right and now Mitt Romney has come out and said, I would really like to hear from John Bolton. And of course, Manu Raju said, would you uh, vote for a subpoena? And he wouldn't say that he would vote for a subpoena. Mm-hmm. He just said, ah, you know what? Hey, I just really want to hear from John Bolton. So don't trust that white horse prophecy. Um, probably learned, you know, burn me 800 times. 801, I'm going to catch on. Um, but here's an interesting thought, too. The House could subpoena Bolton after the McGahn decision comes out of the Supreme Court. As we know, they just heard arguments in the McGahn case in the appeals court in D.C. Uh, We don't have a decision on that three to six weeks. Then there would uh, probably be a temporary administrative stay issued by Chief Justice John Roberts. Takes time. And then there would be, uh, Trump would put in for a writ of cert. um, And then, of course, it would be heard probably in April, decision in June, July. So if we do get him again, so if Bolton doesn't testify between Mm -hmm. now and July, we're still holding on to those articles. Maybe then the House can subpoena Bolton after we get the McGahn decision, provided it goes, you know, in favor of the House Dems, which 99.9% sure it will. Um, But again, you know, don't put anything past anybody. But there's still some wiggle room here for the Senate to say, okay, yes, we will have John Bolton testify as a means of negotiating with Nancy on getting the articles sent over. I mean, that being said, Lindsey Graham has also come out and said, we're going to create new rules. That's the other thing. (laughs) And I'll (laughs) get to that in a second. (laughs) But... You know, this also could this Bolton saying I'm willing to testify mm-hmm. could give Nancy an off ramp if she wanted right. to if she wanted to get off the 
withholding the articles highway mm-hmm. this <laughs> could give her an off ramp right. like a like a runaway truck ramp to to be like oh well bolton said he was going to testify i don't see this as just him saying and he would do it if the subpoena is enough i think she's going to need it in writing in the rules that they're willing to call witnesses uh prior to um them beginning the trial prior to her sending you know uh, appointing house managers and impeachment managers and sending the articles over i don't know if she'll use this off ramp she hasn't yet true i'm I'm also it's it seems to be we seem to be deepening the uh divide here though in terms of like how things should move forward um listening to lindsey graham on the news today talking about how if nancy doesn't send the articles over you know toot sweet essentially uh they're just going to vote on new rules and they're going to start the process in the senate without the articles yeah good luck with that right that's a little outrageous right well just in yeah about a dozen republican senators have introduced a resolution to change the senate rules to dismiss the impeachment without getting the articles dismiss the impeachment not acquit uh the resolution would give the house 25 days to send the articles over um, and if they don't, a, one senator could submit a motion to dismiss the case with prejudice for failure by the House to prosecute such articles. And this is laughable. It's hilarious and it's ridiculous because you can't dismiss a political process with prejudice. That's a criminal case. This is a political case. And it, it bothers me, too, when people say, you know, Nancy's getting political on impeachment. Impeachment is a political thing. It's a political joint. Yeah, absolutely. The entire process is political. <laughs> So, you know, oh, you're playing politics with impeachment. Well, that's because it's it's a political endeavor. Um, but if this re- resolution passes, which it I I seriously doubt it will, because it will need 67 votes mm-hmm. to pass, unless Mitch goes nuclear. I didn't get that. <laughs> well, I'll repeat it. <laughs> uh, unless Mitch goes nuclear, which means only a simple majority would be needed to pass this resolution. But going nuclear means that forever that that would just require a simple majority. And he, I don't think he's going to do that um, because a Dem majority Senate could still try the articles in 2021. So imagine that if, if they went nuclear and made it only by a simple resolution to convict on impeachment or to make any impeachment vote. That means that if we won the Senate, when we win the Senate, excuse me, in 2020 mm-hmm. and, and he's not impeached yet, if we have a simple majority, we can convict and remove him. Yeah, you you change the rules to suit you. Those are the new rules now, bitch. So he he isn't going to go nuclear, and I don't think he can get sixty seven votes. But I think they just want to, you know, these twelve. I think it's twelve cent. They just want to look like assholes, I guess. Look manly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so dumb. Like hey, I'm going to do this, chuck it up, and um, yeah, no. I mean, that being said. Uh, and I she does eventually. She will eventually send them. You do you think right? Or she gonna hold? Who knows? This is the great question. This is the big question. Um, yeah, I don't know. It depends. Happens there. Uh, I mean, there are people who say that the Republicans in the Senate will never vote to convict. The the trial will never be fair, and if the trial is never fair, mm-hmm. I don't think the articles will ever be sent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we have Bolton. Now we've got saying he would if he got a subpoena. And then we've got Mitt Romney saying, I want to hear from him. Maybe the dam's cracking a little bit, but you're going to need a lot more than just like a, a Senator Collins saying, I'm disturbed by this. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and a Mitt Romney, uh, whose white horse has been parked out front for three years now, just you're going to need more than them just saying, I'm interested in that. They're going to need yep. it in writing before the trial starts that they're willing to call witnesses. Uh, or they're going to need guarantees from at least four senators, Republican senators, to vote to have witnesses called. But I don't think because they've said, like Mitt Romney has said, oh, I want to hear from witnesses. But and McConnell's like, well, I don't want to put that in writing before the trial starts. I don't think that that she's going to go for that. Yeah, they can argue all they want that that this is, uh, you know, against the process or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this is it is it is House's sole power of impeachment they have the sole power of impeachment they have the sole power to to recommend the managers they are in charge of of this pony until it goes to the senate and they can like i said whine and cry all they want blow the rules up try to go nuclear but then we'll just remove him convict and remove him in 2021 if he's still president 
and you don't want that uh and you know or you could you know say oh well, we just want to dismiss it we're just going to go forward that would that would look so bad to just be like hand it over to us so we can throw it in the trash please i mean that just is so bad it's ridiculous i also it's 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 really insane to me that all of these republican senators live in the same reality <laughs> that i do or at least i think that they do whatever simulation we're in and <laughs> they um they're not there aren't enough of them to agree to at least hold the fair trial even if you're thinking i'm not going to vote to convict him in the end the fact that we don't even have enough republicans who are willing to have a fair trial is really terrifying that's 100 percent. i'll tell you why is because if there are witnesses they will have to vote to convict him in the end Be- because mm-hmm. the, the truth will come out right now what mitch again and i've said this before maybe he doesn't see this but what nancy pelosi knows the truth will come out mm-hmm. it will and we'll sit on our we'll sit over here and wait for it if you want mm-hmm uh, or you can look like a dumbass for just dismissing everything and not even wanting to look at the evidence. But they're in a, they're in a, a between a rock and a hard place, right? This, the GOP senators, because if they see the evidence, they 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 if they don't vote to convict them, then they will lose their jobs, mm-hmm. uh, and and the evidence will be clear, and they will have to vote to convict. So they if they, so they're they're stuck. They can't they can't want to see the evidence, and also not want to vote free to convict. Them. Yeah, right. And it's that's just the way that it's going to be. I, I envision this back and forth, another impeachment. Hopefully, if we show up to the polls, he loses the election, which, by the way, when you've started this potential conflict with Iran, you have now awoken the sleeping giant of millennial voters that weren't going to vote already. God, I hope so. Because that that is huge. Uh-huh. Uh, what a dumb thing to do uh, is to, to piss off the largest voting bloc in American history. We don't want more endless wars. No, and you're the ones who would have to go fight them So and pay for them. So Mm -hmm. no, there's no way. What a stupid idea. Yeah. Uh, There aren't enough like old evangelicals left to make up for the amount of millennials that are going to vote your ass out for starting this shit. Not to mention the justification of like, you know, Loki, this is kind of for oil. Like, we don't give it, like, climate. Have you seen pictures of Australia? That shit is on fire. Like, yeah. nobody wants to fight a war for oil and to, you know, embiggen the egos of assholes. Oh, they're straight out saying it now. So, yeah. And and that was a big thing that we protested in, in the first Gulf War in 1990, no blood for oil. Yeah. And the administration was like, it's not about oil. It's about what's doing right. It's about freedom. Mm. Freedom, cute, cute. <laughs> and, and we're like, no, it's blood for oil. It's blood for oil. No blood for oil. Hell no, we won't go. We won't die for Texaco. Like, but I remember it vividly. That's a good chant. Thank you. Mm. And, and, the, and the Republicans say, no, that's not it. It's WMDs, weapons of mass destruction, QQ. And, and that's my terrible impersonation of Bush. But... <laughs> Um, Daddy Bush, but that that was they had to fight against that, and now they're just saying, "Yep, we have to guard the oil oil fields in Saudi Arabia. We want their oil. We want the oil, and we want the oil." Yeah. So they're just they aren't even hiding it anymore. Um. So that's interesting. And speaking of that, more breaking news right now: the U.S. has sent six B fifty two bombers. They're being deployed to be ready for potential operations against Iran. They will be sent to British territory in the Indian Ocean, so they're out of range of Iranian missiles. So those are on the way. Um, Bolton got his war and he's not even working for the dude anymore. It's weird. Sorry, what did you say? I said Bolton got his war and he's not even working for the guy anymore. Oh, I thought you said his award. I was like, award oh, for what? Bolton got his award. <laughs> <laughs> what fucking award? <laughs> this was a big McCain thing too. McCain always wanted to invade Iran. They always He was really big about going to war. Um, yeah. I, I have to admit, I, I don't know enough about the intricacies of American-Iranian relations to speak about this with much, you know, nuance. But I do know that this has been a sleeping giant that we have been choosing not to fuck with for a long time. Yeah. And we actually had had done really well with the uh, yeah. with the deal, with the um, the nuclear deal. The 2015, 2015 deal. 2015 deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was going well. They were following it. Everything was A-OK. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump ripped it up. Because, I don't know, because he doesn't like Obama. 
really no other reason either that or Vlad told him to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now and here we are. And now we're in this terror. I did the right thing. It, just like he thinks he did the right thing in Syria. Just like he thinks, you know, he did. He was totally legal and totally cool for him to help have Russia help him with the election. Just like he thought his phone call with Zelensky was perfect. Mm-hmm. He he can do no wrong. He won't apologize. And he's actually the Washington Post came out with reporting. I was just seeing that he did this because he didn't he was afraid of looking weak against what i don't know toxic masculinity will be the thing that ends this world yeah (laughs) it will also be the thing that ends this presidency with that we'll be right back we've got some good news after the break stick around hey everybody it's ag and this final helping of the daily beans is brought to you by remrise some people have trouble falling asleep some people have trouble staying asleep and then there's people like me who have trouble with both Uh, i try exercising during the day uh, not looking at my phone for an hour no screens for an hour before bed i don't drink tea so i don't have to get up and go to the potty and, uh, you know, maybe read or, you know, listen to an audiobook or, or some music. Um, but I still have trouble sleeping, falling and staying asleep. And it's not just me. On average, people are getting less quality sleep than ever before, probably because everyone's a little bit stressed out because of the news. Uh, but tackling sleep issues shouldn't feel impossible. Uh, but existing sleep aids aren't effective. They make you groggy in the morning. I hate taking prescription sleep medication. And that's why there's Remrise. Remrise is a personalized sleep solution that uses all natural plant-based formulas to help calm the mind, relax the body, and get your circadian rhythm back on track for better, more restorative sleep. What I love the most about Remrise is it's drug-free, no groggy side effects in the morning. I feel great. Um, they address your individual sleep issues. It's customized. They use healing ingredients from the East and the West. I found my sleep has improved night after night. It gets better and better with Remrise. All you have to do is go uh, to getremrise.com slash dailybeans and take their free sleep quiz. I took the quiz and determined I'm always on, quote unquote. <laughs> Uh, likely overscheduled, overworked. Uh, I often feel impatient, irritable, and wish you could turn my mind off. Well, not you, but me. I wish someone would turn it off when the day is over. And they recommended I try the Power Off program. And that lets you uh, let go of the day's vexations for a deep, restorative night of rest. Uh, Remrise also comes with an awesome digital app you can use to track your sleep progress. Very cool. It even has guided meditation to help you get it uh, get in the right mindset. So do what I did. Check out Remrise today. Uh, go to getremrise.com slash dailybeans. Take their sleep quiz. When you sign up, you get your first week of Remrise free. Just pay shipping. You won't find an offer like this anywhere else. Get your first week of Remrise for free. When you sign up at getremrise, R-E-M-R-I-S-E dot com slash dailybeans. Getremrise.com slash dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody. It's time for some good news. Uh, do you remember Huffalar? Were you around when we were talking about Huffalar? I that does not ring a bell. So please refresh my memory. Huffhuffhuller. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say it that way because of the man with two brains and Doctor Huffar. <laughs> um, uh also known as uh, probably just Hoffler. Uh, he's a GOP strategist. He wrote all the studies on how to use race to gerrymander yes. in favor of the GOP. Mm-hmm. He did this in North Carolina. He did this in the 2020 census citizenship question situation. That was how they wanted to put, that's why they wanted to put that on there. Well, apparently his daughter uh, self-identifies as an anarchist and she just dumped his maps and files on a public Google Drive saying, <laughs> saying, quote, I won't be satisfied that we the people have found everything until we the people have had a chance to look at this in, in its entirety. Um, so Thomas Hoffler, who died in 2018, was a crucial player in the GOP redistricting efforts across the country for a decade at least. Mm-hmm. Um, he had drawn up maps that uh, the Republicans used to gerrymander based on race, uh, and at the expense of minorities' voting rights. And, of course, we know Trump used the excuse that he was doing this, putting the citizenship question on the 2020 census, to bolster the Voting Rights Act. Um, but the GOP had tried to keep his files, this guy Hoffler's files and studies, secret, right? Because they were basically like, yeah, we're doing this to divide uh, co- uh, counties and districts by race so that we can disenfranchise minority voters. But some of this information came out in the cases we mentioned earlier. But on Sunday, Stephanie Hoffler, I don't know if her last name is Hoffler or not. I know her first name is Stephanie. Uh, again, anarchist, tweeted them out. And you can see them at the Hoffler files, uh, H-O-F-E-L-L-E-R files.com, which links to a Google Drive full of his emails and documents all related to his racist work. Apparently, Thomas Hoffler pronounced gerrymander with a hard G to honor the former U.S. vice president, Eldbridge, sorry, Elbridge Gary, 
who pioneered the practice in Massachusetts in 1812. Gary, G-E-R-R-Y. Apparently, I don't know if that's where the term gerrymandering comes from, but maybe it's pronounced gerrymandering, and we have another GIF GIF situation on our hands. Uh, but <laughs> but Ste- It's GIF. Uh, but Stephanie had been estranged from her father for several years before his death, so much so that they had gotten in a fight over the custody of her children, ended up in court, and she only found out he died when she Googled him on a whim six, week a- six weeks after his death and stumbled upon his obituary in the New York Times. Uh, after he died, she went to his house to gather up his belongings, found a bag full of hard drives and USB sticks, which she turned over to Common Cause, which is a nonprofit watchdog group, and those files are what ended up being used as evidence in the North Carolina case. And uh, so that's really interesting. So she just put them out on Twitter, uh, thehoffelerfiles.com. That's awesome. I'm going to take a look at that. I'm, I'm guessing Chris Kobach was probably a protege of his. <laughs> there are so many. <laughs> God. So many. Pretty much any Republican governor and uh, any any state where Republicans or where the legislature draws the maps in their Republican run mm-hmm. instead of having a, you know, a nonpartisan commission do it. Yep. Nonpartisan commissions are probably hard to find these days. Oh, God. But surprise, the answer is usually racism. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. No, we're trying to make its Voting Rights Act better. Yeah. Okay. All, it's like to, to that effect, though, it, a lot of these, not just with political districts, but also in terms of like how much we lend people or home values or school districts, all sorts of things are all within these like old racist districts that were drawn up you know, when everything was still segregated. Yeah, and there's examples where they'll draw a line right down the middle mm-hmm. of a historically black college to split the that population in two, into mm. two different districts. And like, it's so pervasive and so bad, and this guy Hoffler was like their king. And so purposeful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it even says yeah. all of that stuff. It says, like, this is why They're we're... They're not even trying to hide it. This is why we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why it was a shock to me that, that SCOTUS wouldn't hear that gerrymandering case. It freaked me out. That is kind of a shock. Like, why? What? Why? Why? What? what why? Do they... Uh, are there, like, statements given as to why? Or, or when they dismiss them or choose not to hear them, they don't have to give a reason yeah, why? Yeah, you don't usually write up a brief when you dis- when you don't hear a case. No. You can just go, no. Nah. No. And so it's knocked back down to a lower court. Yes. And what was the lower court's ruling There's on There's a million. A many lower court gotcha. cases. Many yeah. lower court cases. And they're one just regionally or lost regionally. Yeah. 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 That's if we're going to, you know, improve democracy or wrestle it back, that's going to be something that needs to be fought all over the country. Yes. And Eric Holder and Barack Obama are working on it. Mm -hmm. Barack Obama working on it. Yes. And so is uh, Stacey Abrams. That's Mm -hmm. one of her big uh, projects. I love her. I know. She's amazing. She's really awesome. I kind of want somebody to pick her as VP. Right. I think Elizabeth Warren's going to choose Julian Castro. You think? I think so. I mean, he's dropped out, and now he's out campaigning for her and Love endorsing her. her. Pick Kamala, but I feel like being VP, she wouldn't have as much power as she would as like an attorney general, yeah, I or agree even with a that. senator. Because yeah. VPs, ugh. she's so her personality would suit a position like attorney general, yes. or to be able to stay in the Senate. Um, yeah, or Tis James. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, Great. I think that's interesting. I think Elizabeth Warren might announce. I think that's going to be the thing that like boosts her campaign again. Yeah, and there were rumors that Biden was looking to to pick Stacey Abrams really as a running mate. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, be um, to see. Yeah, yeah, we'll find out soon. We will. It's uh, getting close. And, and you know, it's it's a shame to me that they don't pick VPs before the primary. They only pick it after. Yeah, um, it, that, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, to be honest. I feel like, why wouldn't you announce who your running mate is before Iowa? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Is there a reason? Maybe because the positions could change so wildly between then and now. Right. Or maybe you might, be- And then you were like, oh, I wish I had picked somebody else. Yeah. Or maybe it's like, you know, you want to announce it at the right time to give yourself the boost that you need. Yeah. Or I, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I wish they didn't wait, though. There's nothing that says they have to. Yeah. Uh, and for some more good news, but I have a content warning here. This is for a content warning for rape and sexual assault, but this is uh, uh, good news. I almost made it a schadenfreude, but I didn't kind of, I, I didn't think that that was appropriate, but just hours after his criminal trial started in New York, prosecutors in Los Angeles dropped new indictments on Harvey Weinstein. LA district uh, attorney, Jackie Lacey announced Monday, her office has charged Weinstein with raping one woman and sexually assaulting another in two separate instances that took place over two days in 2013. 
Quote, we believe the evidence will show that the defendant used his power and influence to gain access to his victims and then commit violent crimes against them. I want to commend the victims who have come forward and bravely recounted what happened to them. It's my hope that all victims of sexual violence find strength and healing as they move forward. If he's convicted on the California counts, he faces up to 28 years in state prison. So here he is uh, coming in with his walker. His uh, Paul Manafort gout walker. <laughs> uh, and I'm not gout shaming, just Manafort shaming. Uh, and <laughs> he's walking into the courtroom and then bam, in New York, he's in the courtroom and then bam, Los Angeles, two more cases, two more indictments. I would be very curious to see whether or not he actually spends any amount of time behind bars. <laughs> he's facing a lot of time, but but we'll see. Yeah, he's also very rich. He's very, very, very <laughs> rich, very powerful, but he's also been totally, totally humiliated and shamed Absolutely. now. I, I, I can't remember uh, where it was recently, but he essentially came out and said, like, I feel like none of my amazing work is being appreciated anymore. Yeah. And and no one cares about all the work I've done for women and supporting women. And it's like, bro, maybe don't rape. <laughs> <laughs> You don't get to be congratulated for your work that you've done with women. You don't get to have, you know, you, you you don't you no longer deserve that appreciation. It doesn't matter anymore. What you did was so egregious. This is what happens. Right. Your career will be ruined if you do things like this. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and I think you can appreciate. Look, there's I think the Me Too era demands this conversation of like, can you separate someone's work from their from that person? And I think. You can. And the reason I say this is because, you know, his films, you know, included the work of tons of talented actors and production artists and writers and tons of people. The writers. Who, they, right. They, they, he was a producer, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, It's not his art. Exactly. You know, he threw money at these things. Yeah. And, and I'm not suggesting that the man has zero talent, but the point is, is like you can still appreciate, you can still respect and appreciate the people who worked on his projects yeah. or the work that he created without fucking appreciating him. Yeah. Anyway, rant over. <laughs> Just <laughs> and fuck that rant guy. and rant, but yeah. So he's facing new charges. So that's fun. Um, and and I, I feel like we're all sort of viewing this Weinstein case as the trial of the Me Too movement. Um, not to belittle any other things that have happened in the Me Too movement, mine included, yours included. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, so many of us haven't gotten justice. Um, men and women, people who identify anywhere on the spectrum that have been salted or raped, haven't gotten justice so that when there's a public accounting like this, I feel like we're all sort of feeling like we're getting a little bit of justice. Mm-hmm. Especially on such a large scale as to how much he did it. And then we've got uh, Epstein who 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 uh, died, well, we'll just say he died. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I'm not going to get into that debate. No. But um, and who 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 his accuser never going to get to face him in court, so I feel like we're all sort of I don't know I f- like we're all watching this together like we're channeling some individual rage based on our yes. experiences into this public trial a hundred percent yeah for and sure I have no idea how they're going to select a jury but okay <laughs> and finally uh, I want to know what you all think of Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes last night I have read I have watched I have seen I have heard some opinions both sides uh, appreciative non-appreciative people saying yeah he he came out and said the hollywood type shouldn't lecture people but can you really lecture people about lecturing people uh also there was a lot of really funny stuff in there it was very bold but also was it rude i'm interested to know what you you all think um because i am i I'm still forming my opinion on this. The jury is still out for me on this. I haven't actually watched the clip, but I haven't. I liked Ricky Gervais when I was younger. I, you know, he he did do some good comedic work, but he's become grumpier and grumpier and stodgier and stodgier and weirder. And, and, yeah. Well, and also just he's doing this thing that I find no offense, middle-aged men, but a lot of like aging men do, where they become they dig into their opinions as opposed to be willing to grow. At all, uh, yeah, and I think I think, and that's true. I think not just for men, but all sorts of middle-aged people. True, they just start digging in. Yes, I mean, know? I I think because because women are are uh, more naturally socialized to be like people pleasers. And I'm that way. Accommodate. I don't listen to a lot of new music because my, I'm dug in. I'm dug in. I got my cure. 
You no, but to your, but but in, no, seriously, but you, but that's not true at all for you. You you are always willing to take on new information and to adjust your opinion. And sometimes you do dig in and you think like, no, this is my opinion and it's firm. But you are willing to take on new information. Whereas I feel like for a lot of people like him, think the world changing around them is an assault on who they are, yeah. and it's 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 stressful. It happens to every single generation, though, at some yeah. point. It no, does. absolutely. It does. That's not, I, and I'm sure you're not aiming that at any specific No, no, no. I group, just but mean. It's just, it's, it, that's just sort of what happens. Um, but, it, but also, it doesn't have to, right? I think no. is, I think is the There's key, a middle ground is, is what I'm saying. the key takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, but I just am wondering what you all think, because I yeah. oftentimes turn to you, <laughs> our listeners, for not only solace and support mm-hmm. during rough times and uh, asking if it's okay if I if I take a vacation and you're always very supportive of that. Thank you. But I'm interested to know what you thought about what he said because he was basically, uh, well, watch it and tell me what you think. Yeah, I will. I, I, I there didn't... were some things where I was like, excuse me? And then there were things where I was like, okay, that's pretty funny. All I saw was uh, Ricky Gervais did some transphobic comedy. And I was like, eh, I'm not going to bother watching it then. Oh, I didn't even hear about that. Yeah. I mean, that's what I saw. That's, that's was a tw- I saw a tweet that said Ricky Gervais, you know, spouted off some transphobic stuff at the Golden Globes. I haven't watched it, so I have no oh, idea. Oh, I didn't even know he did but that. But I didn't, I chose not to watch it based on that. But what I'm going to do is go, is go watch it and find out. I loved Kate McKinnon's speech, though. Yes. <laughs> and, um... There was another great one, and there there was a lot of good stuff that happened. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, I, I'd be interested in, in what you all think. Um, Absolutely. So uh, let us know at Daily Beans Pod on Twitter, and uh, yeah, are you a radical truth teller though? If you are speaking the truth to a room full of other rich people, yeah, right. <laughs> but I th- but I think you acknowledged that at one point too. Yeah. But that you know, I, and I've seen I've seen both sides of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm interested to see. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he's like, you know, come get your little award. Don't talk about politics. Do your drugs and go home. That was kind of sort of his. Uh, Is that the gist? That was a gist. Gotcha. But but in a in a joking manner. But I can't tell mm-hmm. if he's being a curmudgeonly fella or if he's joking around. So I'm interested in what you guys think. So yeah. Again, hit us up at Daily Beans Pod. That's it. Any final thoughts today before we uh, go and see what sort of terrible news happened while we were recording? <laughs> I have kind of a funny one. Yeah. Uh, slightly not safe for work. This is continuing on from the conversation about the wildfires and uh, some of the philanthropy that's being done around that. I saw this today. I loved it. There's a 20-year-old woman. The model, the Instagram model? Yes. Selling her nudes? Yeah, it's so great. I, it's hilarious. It's so, uh, It's. I just love it. This, Instagram shut her down. They did, but she's. I think she's continuing on on Twitter. She's a 20-year-old woman who lives actually here in California. She lives in Los Angeles. And she's calling herself the Naked Philanthropist. And she was hoping to raise $1,000 for um, uh, for uh, rescue efforts. God, why didn't I think Australia? of this when I was young? I can't right? do it now. So I'd be like, hey, be the Naked Philanthropist. Everybody hey, be like, man. I will give you money to not show us. There's an Boobs. You don't know. There's an audience for everything. <laughs> but wouldn't that we're be great? Tell you what, I will not show you my naked body if you donate money. Do a live stream and to just the Australian dance with your clothes on. <laughs> I'll appear in a onesie <laughs> with my hair in a bun. Yeah, it's send me money to t- keep my clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm the anti. What is she? The naked. She's philanthropist? the naked philanthropist. Yeah, I'll be you're the, the onesie philanthropist. The clothed philanthropist. But she's raised half a million dollars. Yeah, dude. Half a million. Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. Cells. I'm so trying to not say that word as much anymore. Um, yeah, uh, you. <laughs> I'll think of something. It's yeah, yeah it's fucker. really crazy. Uh, well, works. for the record, right. I think I think dude is like subjective for me personally. I don't mind if you call me dude. Okay. But everybody feels differently about labels and pronouns and stuff. But I don't mind. You can call me dude. I'm, I'm trying to not. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to not. Yeah. So I think fucker works. Fucker works. That's fucker totally is gender neutral. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I and that's the, the, that's just not a hill I'll die on, you know, the dude hill. No, so. yeah, totally. Um, you tell me what you don't like, and I'll make sure to do it. Um, but anyway, I am very considering the world's on fucking fire, and we are potentially going to war, and everything is fucked. If you want to raise half a million dollars for uh for koala burn victims by selling your butt in the internet, all the power to you, dude. Yeah, and also the koalas need mittens, and. Uh, so you can knit them and there's if you google like koala mittens there's places where you can knit mittens for the koalas oh that donate it and send them down there that's really nice i know <laughs> um yeah so that was my final thought i just thought that was 
a little and all my heart right now for everybody in australia it's just absolutely heartbreaking what's happening yeah it's it is it and i saw um an image um from nasa today like yeah. a, a satellite image of, of how much of the country is on fire and it was jarring it's just, yeah it's terrible yeah but uh, vote for a candidate that believes in climate change. <laughs> it's, it's so this election is so, so important. It is so for important. so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Authoritarianism, climate change, the planet, um, equal rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just uh, lives, guns. Just it's so, so important. And now mm-hmm. the blooming war mm-hmm. um, and diplomacy. Uh, this is this is the. I think that this is the pivotal moment. I know that people say that about every election, but I really can't see how any other election has been this consequential. So you have to vote. Vote blue no matter who. Mm-hmm. Um, fight for your candidate in the primary. Try not to do a circular firing squad so you take out anybody's knees that ends up getting the, getting the nomination mm-hmm. and, and vote for that person. We have to, we have to pledge to, to support Absolutely. Whoever wins the dumb primary. We just have to. For sure. Uh, and I have uh, pledged to donate $1,000 to Tulsi Gabbard's charity of choice if she doesn't run third party. So, Tulsi, if you're listening, tell me what charity and don't run third party. <laughs> is that is that still a th- something that's being talked about? Uh, it, it's <clears throat> not specifically by mm-hmm. her anyone. It just that's a, a concern. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it that... And unfortunately, it wouldn't surprise me, but uh, I hope it doesn't happen. Because <sighs> Jill Stein only got 0.0005% of the vote, which was enough to take away enough votes to beat the margin in the three states that he won by 77,000 votes that gave him the Electoral College. Really? Yeah. So when people are like, eh, it's not going to make that much of a difference. Um, yeah, it can. Just 80,000 votes can make a difference. So anyway thousand dollars charity your choice Tulsi come on you know you want it it's not worth I think like especially given the, the two-party system here it's not worth thinking well I'm not getting everything I want so never mind you know it's not it's not it's we not at all to unite this time no purity tests mm-hmm. purity test is not Trump um also if you guys have any other good news stories this week uh tweet them at us yeah at daily beans pod let do. us know and we'll give you a shout out yeah All right, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Amanda Reeder. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn, and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.